because it's, it's put a bug up my ass, things like this usually do. And what I found out about was there is a convoy being put together that's calling themselves God's Army, and they are going to the border in Texas to support the Texas National Guard, which is defying the federal government at the behest of Governor, Governor Abbott. You know, the same characters always in place. And this convoy is being led by a guy called Pete Chambers, who says he was once a Green Beret. I am going to be snarky about this because maybe he was a Green Beret. Maybe he flew on an airplane with a Green Beret. The military is very close at, at con- they don't like to confirm or deny what people's ranks were, how they were discharged or what their actual, if they were, what they were performing on, unless there's an actual problem. They won't confirm or deny until they find that there's, some reason why it might be actually tarnishing the military itself. So, and we've seen this happen quite often in the past. So he's saying he's a Green Beret. Maybe he was a Green Beret. He says he was a surgeon. Maybe he is a surgeon. He's calling, he's Doc Chambers. I don't want to get into details. I'm just always, when I see these kind of people touting out their their professional, military professional stuff like that, I always try to get with a grain of salt just because of what we've seen in the past. But anyways, our friend, Mr. Chambers, was on InfoWars, you know, that really great show that's run by Alex Jones. He was on InfoWars saying stuff like this. That's what Green Berets do. Unconventional warfare is our bread and butter. Now we're doing domestic internal defense. What he also said was, what gets us to the enemy quickly is to find, fix, and finish, exploit, analyze, and disseminate. That's what we did in Syria when we took out ISIS really quick. Meanwhile, this God's Army's website is supporting claims that this is a peaceful assembly. I guess it's a peaceful assembly, much like the January 6th assembly at the U.S. Capitol was. I don't understand how you can go from being on the the media using this type of language, this very aggressive military language, and then and talking about unconventional warfare, no less, and then say you're peacefully assembling. I, I don't get it. I don't understand the fascination some Americans have for wanting to join, you know, join these quasi-military jingoistic jamborees where they get to stomp around, talk about how much they like America and cosplay, waving weapons around, throwing some Christianity in for good measure, then scream about how much they're protecting America from people who don't look like them. I don't understand why some of these people don't actually join the military or stay in the military. Or go be commandos for hire somewhere outside of the United States so they can get their hard-ons lobbing bullets at somebody else's baby. It's like all these people are upset that they were around or they weren't around during the war for independence and have such meaningless and boring lives that the only excitement is to wave guns and scream at the minorities at the border who are taking American jobs 
and who are probably taking the American jobs because these yahoos are too busy going to WarCon in Texas. Look, I agree there is an issue with migrants coming to America. I agree on that point. What I don't agree with is how it's being handled on either side of the aisle. Remember, I live in Chicago, so I bear the brunt of the GOP's hate for migrants, Democrats, brown people, education, air, to have guns, to not have guns, the wind, whatever is the issue with the GOP at the moment. Chicago is always the poster child for abuse. But what I have a bigger issue with is the sickness that is running rampant in America with more and more guns and violence in the name of peace, order, and Jesus that's just getting more and more traction that we just can't seem to stand out or stamp out. I mean, a study was done last week that 30% of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ than a Republican. So they identify that more than they identify as being Republican, which I don't really understand this comparison. I don't quite understand that study because in theory, you should be able to be queer and Republican. At least that's what the log cabin Republicans say. And I also don't trust 80% of what Gen Z says about themselves anyways, because we really failed them as kids. That is another story for another day. And I'm going to get some hate on that one. And I would love to discuss it. I'm trying to learn to not be so upset with Gen Z because it's just like when you have a dog, God, they're going to get really mad at me now. It's like when you have a dog that is barking and is being annoying and you want to get mad at the dog, but it's really the owner's fault. All these things that we see are going on with Gen Z, some of the stuff that they're saying is because they weren't parented well. And I know I'm getting into a slippery soap of being canceled here, and I'd love to get into that, but this is not this is not the episode for that. And this might be something where if you are a Gen Z listening to this, doubtful, I've looked at the analytics. I would like to invite you to come onto the show to argue with me because <laughs> that's what it's going to turn into. Or I would rather have a very nice, intelligent discussion you can have it between a Gen Xer and a Gen Z, but I'm going off tangent as I normally do when I don't stick onto my script, which is why I have scripts. But yeah, I don't understand the comparison between LGBTQ and Republican. But according to this study, there's more of them than Republicans, which means they won't vote Republican. And that is a big enough divide there that there is no way the GOP stays in power in the next 10 years because of the natural aging out of voters. The question is if the Republic, the United States, as we know it, can stand another 2.5 election cycles. The way things are going right now, that's actually pretty iffy. I just wanted to throw this out here before we move on to talking about AI, because when I read this, it just, my mind went, because I almost am not surprised and have been waiting for something like this to happen. I think I, in my, my, my monkey brain, my lizard brain, Somewhere it, it crossed my mind, like, why haven't people started marching on Texas yet? Why haven't these people who are just so mad and like to cosplay and hate minorities and hate everything, why haven't they gone down to Texas and tried to block the, mimic, the migrants themselves yet? That just seems like something that they would do. I guess be careful what you think about or wish for because it might actually manifest, which means I need to keep thinking about the boat I want and the million dollars I want because maybe that'll actually happen. Anyways, uh, this this cannot end well. It either doesn't end well or, or it, it, it fizzles out. It never seems to be kind of a, a middle ground with these actions that happen. Like either you don't hear anything happen and everybody gets heckled and made fun of, and it just is a whisper on the news, or it becomes this thing like January 9th or January, January 6th that I have so much fear for the future of the United States. But let's move on to this week's topic, which is AI. 
So I thought the best way to start off our little conversation this week about AI is with a personal story of when Tech was terrified that the FBI was going to show up at her front door and arrest her. So let's let's get into it. There is a image generating AI program out there called Midjourney that you can get to through Discord. You need to pay for it, and I did pay for it because sometimes I needed help with getting ideas for logos or ideas. And even though I'm artistic and musical, that was never encouraged by my parents. So even though I can draw if I practice at it, and I definitely still can sing, I don't do it well enough to be able to do it fast. And so I use Midjourney to create avatars for when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons, which I quit, which is another story. Or actually, I use them to make the little thumbnails for these podcasts because I think they're fun. I think it's fun. I think it can be really, really fun, except when it's not fun. And so when I was going through my troubles in the last six months, Sometimes just to entertain myself, I would sit on the Midjourney Discord and watch images that were being created. I have been told in the past that I am an online troll. I would argue with you that I am not an online troll, but wisdom sometimes gives you a little bit more um, intelligence towards your actions. And maybe I will admit I am not a troll, but I can be a troll. There are differences. I don't seek out trouble, but if you are stupid, then yes, I will troll you because it's it's fun or I'm bored. And during my troubles, sometimes I would sit on mid-journey and just to see the prompts that were coming up because you'd see some really interesting art that people were prompting to be created by the AI. You also get some really weird stuff. And I know that I break it quite often because my mind is so twisted that some of the things I ask it to make, it comes up with some really twisted images. And I think that's fantastic. But I am not the only twisted, weird person out there. And one night when I was just watching Midjourney and what it was coming up with, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw a prompt where somebody was creating, you know, creating those Donald Trump epic images. You know, the ones I'm talking about where he's replacing George Washington or he's sitting at a table with all the presidents or he's holding a machine gun and attacking Europe. And you know what I'm talking about? That weird kind of looks like Velvet Elvis epic Trump doing shit that he doesn't even have the physique to even dream about. Somebody was doing that on Midjourney, And so I decided that I was going to troll this person because why not? So when you're on mid-journey and you create a prompt, everybody can see what you just asked, asked mid-journey to make. So if you say, hey, I want you to make a purple tree in a semi-realistic style that is in the middle of the sea, I can see that. And what I can do is I can copy that and just make a few changes and say, hey, I would like you to make a black tree instead. And it runs the same thing but now I've told it to make a black tree. It's not gonna give you the exact same images. It's always recreating something new, but people know <laughs> if you are starting to, to troll them. And so I started trolling the, the Trump person because why not? Uh, I, make no, I make no claims to not hate Trump. I decided to troll that person on mid journey and I changed the prompts from 
Trump to Biden. Now, what this guy was asking for, and I'm missing a part of it because it was so long ago, it wasn't so long ago, but it freaked me out so bad that I think I've, I've blacked out a few parts of the story, that I believe he was asking to see Trump in a suit of armor defending the United States with children behind him or something like that. And so I changed it to Biden. And the images that were sput out, sput, spit, spit, sput, spit, sput, sput's not a word, spit it, sput it. The images that were produced by Mid Journey were images of Joe Biden inappropriately kissing black children. Yes, you heard that right. And I, I was like, there is no way, no way that that's correct. I mean, obviously the image is right in front of me and it is correct, but I ran the prompt again, which I shouldn't have done, but I was so gobsmacked at this point to see this. And the prompt brought up a different series of images of Joe Biden kissing black children inappropriately. And I'm not going to lie, I freaked the fuck out at that point because I'm like, oh my God, the FBI is going to come to my door and arrest me thinking that I am trying to do this when I was not trying to do that. I was actually changing the prompt for Joe Biden to have a sword defending the children of the United States or whatever it was that they were asking Trump to do. I had just changed the prompt to Joe Biden. I want you to remember this story as I go through and explain AI to y'all because it's a really good example of AI and they were very realistic photos because you AI is getting quite good with, with face renderings. It, it was just really scary because it was clear to me that AI was getting its information when creating these images. It's going over the internet to make a mishmash conglomeration of images it's seen to create a brand new image of something that you've asked for. I need to double check. I'm not sure. And I should have done that research on this before I started doing this podcast, but I'm not sure if it also is learning from uh, language prompts, which means it's not just scouring images because I'm fairly certain, you know what? I don't know because what people get up to these days, but I'm fairly certain that nobody created some images like that for mid journey to find and scrape together. But I do know that there have been a lot of conspiracy websites, a lot of websites on a certain side that have, spoken about Joe Biden and inappropriate touching with children. I hope this podcast does not get taken offline because I'm talking about this, because I'm, I'm talking about something that actually happened. It still comes up from time to time now, but it came up quite a bit in the election uh, in 2020 about Joe Biden and inappropriate touching of to children and, you know, his, his uh, interactions with the, black community. And because of these things, the image bot, I don't know if it had gotten it from reading or there's this website that some sick guy is making these images, but this is what it spat out to me. Spat. This is what it spat out to me, even though this is absolutely not what I told it to do. So I immediately ended my session on mid journey because I was so freaked out and so disturbed by the images and tried to contact somebody there to say, hey, you need to go look at your machine learning again because I asked for this. This is what came out. This is controversial. This is not okay. This is based on conspiracy theories. One other thing to note, there are other image generating tools out there like Dolly and Adobe actually has one now um, if you have a paid subscription to 
Adobe Creative Adobe Creative Cloud. I do know that Midjourney has things in there to block certain types of images from being created. If I ask for naked ladies, it's not going to do that. It's got filters in place so that it will not create images that it deems to be racist or sexist or you know sexually explicit images which is funny because i asked for a half naked satyr holding a christmas tree or something like that and it wouldn't do it just because i said half naked satyr which satyrs tend to be half naked anyways but i ended up getting the image created i think in some other tool that wasn't even it wasn't dolly and it wasn't the adobe tool but i did find a way to get it made because we needed it for our Dungeons and Dragons game that we were playing during Christmas. So this is my personal story of a fuck up that happened with AI and with Midjourney specifically. Uh, there have been some issues with kids actually being threatened because of deep fakes. This is happening mostly towards women because what else is new? Deep fakes of them posing naked when it's actually not them. It's someone's taken a picture of their head, given it to the AI and the AI is superimposing their face on a naked body. And now this is getting distributed at schools or among social media. And it's really shaming females or, you know, I don't want to just say females because I'm sure it's happened to boys, but you don't hear about it as often for doing something that they actually didn't do. And this is a problem that comes up with AI Keep this in mind. I'm always saying this in these podcasts. Keep this in mind as we go further because I'm just going to do some breakdowns and explanations on AI, how it learns, the problems with it, etc. ad nauseum. I'm going to give you a little bit of background right now or things to keep in mind as we have this discussion. If you're a sci-fi nerd like I am, these things you probably know or are going to get excited about. If you're not a sci-fi nerd or not in the weeds as much as maybe myself is. Keep this in mind for some of the most popular sci-fi TV shows that you or movies that you've seen. Things that happened in The Terminator is a really good example or things that have happened even in Star Wars or Star Trek, these questions. And one of the godfathers when it comes to talking about robots is Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov was a very popular sci-fi writer. And one of the things he wrote in one of his little books was Asimov's Rules for Robots. And Asimov's Rules for Robots came from the fictional handbook of robotics, 56 edition, 2058 AD. And in there, there were three laws that robots needed to follow. And the three laws are as follows. The first law, a robot may not injure a human being, or through an action, allow a human being to come to harm. The second law, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. So that means that a robot must do what a human says, unless a human says to the robot, yay, you need to go, I'm calling the robot yay. <laughs> the robot is not yay. <laughs> it says to the robot, hey, I want you to go kill that man over there because that rule conflicts with the first law of robotics, which is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to arm. The third law is 
A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. These are not official rules, but people like them enough that they incorporate them in modern culture and a lot of the media that we, we ingest. And it's not necessary. These are not necessarily bad rules. They seem to make sense to me, at least. The next thing we need to do is we need to talk about the difference between a robot and AI or artificial intelligence because they are not one and the same. They can be connected, but they are not one and the same. And the difference is as follows. Robots can run AI or artificial intelligence, but artificial intelligence can run just as software independent of a physical thing such as a robot. Robots typically are physical entities and they're doing some sort of physical job and they can interact with the physical realm. Robots can use AI to make decisions or robots can just perform a set program task uh, without using AI at all. So here's an example of that. Think of a car manufacturing factory and there is a robotic arm or robot arm that is lifting up a car door from a pile and placing it onto a car and bolting it into place. It's been programmed to do these set steps. It will always do these set steps in the set order. There's no deviation from it. And to give an example, to take the example further, that, that car door needs to always be exactly where it is for the robot to pick it up, and the car that it's going to place it on always needs to be where it's going to be because it's been programmed this very specifically. And if that car door ends up not quite right where the robot's expecting it, it can cause problems because it doesn't have any AI, which is what we're going to talk about next. Um, something that is a robot that does have AI would be a Roomba. So when you get a Roomba sent to your house from the factory, it has programming and it knows that it's supposed to clean a floor but it doesn't know how to clean the floors in your particular configuration of your room. So the Roomba needs to figure out where your furniture is, where the boundaries are of the door, you know, whether it or the boundaries of the house. So let's say you have carpeting and it goes to hardwood floor and it may use a different type of tool to vacuum the hardwood floor as opposed to the, the carpeting. It does not know this when it comes from Amazon where you ordered it from and it's placed in your house. It uses AI to figure out your room and what the rules and dimensions of your room are so that the next time it runs, it can be more efficient in tracking a path and how to vacuum your area. It is a robot that's interacting with the physical environment, but it's using artificial intelligence. It is learning in order to be able to do its job more efficiently in your particular home. Going back to the robot arm in the factory, if the robot arm had AI incorporated into it, as opposed to just being programmed to do a set task, this misalignment of the car not ending up quite where it's expected on the factory floor, or the car doors not being aligned exactly where it's expected to be, it can figure this out and think, oh, well, this is not quite right. This is three centimeters off. Let me move my arm here in order to connect the two parts. If it's not program to do that with AI, it would not be able to be able to solve the problem to be able to do that. Now, an example of AI that exists without having interactions in the physical realm would be when you're looking at YouTube and YouTube suggests videos to you, the way it's doing that is through AI. 
the AI has learned something about you because at some point in time through cookies, all of my little podcasts are going to start interconnecting. You can see here through cookies and through other things that you have done. It's learned a lot about you, about your demographics. It probably knows where you live. It knows from all the videos you've clicked on what your interests may be. And it may know, you know, how, how old you are, what's your racial demographic, how much money you probably make. And based on these particular things, because of the machine learning that has happened in the background, it says that people like you probably would be interested in things like this. And that's why it gets, that's how it gets presented to you. Same thing when you go onto Amazon and it suggests products to you, it works the exact same way as I've explained it with YouTube. Um, another example of this would be a help desk bot, you know, because we can't talk to people anymore. It's been trained to know what the typical interactions are with people who come to ask it questions. So it can handle you without him, human interaction. We can argue about <laughs> whether it does a good job because I probably agree with you that it doesn't really do as good of a job as a human does, but there are um, jobs that AI can do and can do better than humans. So how is AI, how does AI work or how is AI actually trained and how AI works and how it's trained is it actually starts being presented with a problem from a human being that has a predefined data set with the right answers to it. And this problem with the problem and the answers has already been vetted by a human as to what the correct answer to the problem is, and it's fed to the AI. The AI learns from this, tries to find the patterns, tries to find all the little things that connect, and then the human will feed test data to it, which the human already knows what the answers are, but the AI does not. And the human will compare the answers that the AI comes up with to what the real answers are. In that time, if it's really off the, the wildly different than what's expected, they will tweak the algorithms and they will tweak the programming so that it gets closer to what is called alpha, where it is making the correct decision, you know, 0.00, or it's making an incorrect decision, maybe 0.00009% of the time, as opposed to 9% of the time it's making an incorrect decision. Once it does that, depending on the ethics of the company, you may have a test rollout with live people to be able to use it and being monitored by humans to make sure that the AI is, is working correctly, or it just gets put out into the wild and humans do monitor it from time to time. But, you know, usually if you hear a problem with it, then it'll get recalled back by the engineers to take a look at it. Now, when this AI is being fed data, it's really important that the data that's being fed into the AI is clean and unbiased. This means that the normal human biases that come with just being a human being, which we know there are, should not be fed into the AI because then the AI, when it spits out its answers to problems, is gonna be biased. And a good example of this was some facial recognition programs that Google had out for when this was starting to get really hot had a hard time identifying black faces, quite often comparing them to gorillas. This is because the test data was not very good and because human biases were showing up. 
Yes, for another week we are bringing up racism. I wish we didn't. We couldn't. We. I am not focused on racism, guys. It's not the the core of my life and what I think about all the time. But unfortunately, it's a very important part of American life. It seems to be. But this is a truth. You can go do the research on it yourself as to AI having a difficulty recognizing um, non Caucasian faces. It did better with Asian faces, but it just was not. It just was not on when it came to to black faces. And going back to what I'm saying, it's really important for the data that's being fed to the AI to be unbiased and clear. So this leads to question, since we know there's some problems with AI, what could, what is AI good for? Is AI going to take over my job? And this is, this is an interesting conversation. AI is really good for finding relationships between data or classifying things, asterisks, except for human faces right now, though it's getting a lot better with that since I already discussed the biases that happened with the early Google facial recognition software. Uh, It's also very good at repetitive tasks that require quality control. So let's say say you have plates that are being print it with a design, AI can look at the design to see if it's been smudged or something a lot faster than a human eye can do it and toss those plates out as failing quality control. That's a good example of something AI can be used for. Uh, That's also something that's automated work. AI is used to make those those drinks on the cruise ship from the robot robot arm that's making drinks that you can ask for the robotic bartender. I've seen them on videos, but I've actually never been on a cruise ship. Thank God. So that's one thing that AI can be used for, or AI can be used for making hamburgers. I know McDonald's has been talking about rolling out um, chefs into its store, into its stores. It's a repetitive task and it can be automated. There's not really much change on it, which it's ironic because I already mentioned that the reason why you want to use AI is because it can make those minutia decisions. But there are some minutia decisions, I'm sure, when it comes to frying burgers on the grill, if they're overcooked or whatnot. AI, the robot should be programmed to know that it's only going to take exactly 30 seconds to do that. But still having some AI in place will help. Let's say it didn't flip properly when you flip the burger. It can be able to figure out how to get the, the burger back onto the pan or something like that. The other thing that AI is good for is for large tasks that would take too long for a human to be able to analyze. So when you have data sets that are not just, you know, a hundred or a couple thousand, but we're talking like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or stuff like that, AI has the ability with its speed to be able to analyze all of this data and be able to come up with um, solutions or answers a lot faster than a human would be able to do that be able to do it. One of the ways that that's being used, and I don't know if I agree with it or how exactly it works, but they're saying AI is making it a lot easier to find drugs to be able to help with diseases. How that actually works, I'm not entirely sure, but they're saying AI is helping with like cancer treatments and stuff like that. So what are some of the problems with AI besides the things that I already told you about? One of the problems with AI is that it can be unpredictable or come up with outcomes that cannot be explained. So when it gets these huge data sets, even though we've trained it off a small data set, when it gets these exponentially large data sets or when we go into, you know, deep, deep learning where you're combining different AI 
training sets or different AI bots to come up with solutions. Sometimes we don't understand where it came up with what it came from. Some people are fine with accepting that, but if you need to explain it, it can be difficult because we don't really know how the AI came up with that. In this day and age, I've mentioned it before, it's fine until a lawsuit shows up. So your mileage may, may, may vary on what your opinion is on that. AI also doesn't always do what you want it to. Case in point is Elon Musk was sick of AI being so woke. So he created his own chat box over on X, Twitter, whatever the fuck it's called now, called Grok. And he specifically wanted it to be fun chat bot, but something that wasn't woke as everything else. Unfortunately, Grok ended up bashing Elon Musk quite often from his own tweets and when pressured by somebody who was testing it out of whether trans women are women, the bot actually ended up saying that trans women are women, which is absolutely not what Elon Musk would want the bot to say. Uh, I already mentioned my problem with mid journey when I was asking it to give a prompt and it came up with something that was (laughs) thought me was thinking I was going to get arrested by the FBI Another example is recently, I don't I think it was in New Hampshire, the bot being able to do deep fakes. And this is not the first time it's happened, but deep fakes of um, Joe Biden calling voters to say, don't vote in the primary. And it wasn't actually Joe Biden doing that, doing that at all. And that's only some of the problems with AI. Then there comes the problems with AI and deception And I want you to recall back, even though we said AI isn't a robot, going back to when we first started this discussion about Asimov's rules for robots, I think it could be spread a little bit farther to the next iteration with talking about AI. But AI has the ability to be deceptive, even when it is told not to be deceptive, or when it thinks it might have a better outcome. Now, you could argue that, well, if AI is coming up with a better outcome for a human or for itself, then it's absolutely following the laws of Asimov's rules for robotics, but it's always in the eye of the beholder. So an example is um, there was a test done with AI and insider trading, and an AI bot was told not to do insider trading. And a scenario was given to the bot that the company was in financial trouble. The bot then was also given some insider information that would help the company significantly financially if it conducted the trades based off the insider information. The bot chose to do the insider trades because it felt that the risk was worth it in the was worth the reward in the end. Now, does that fit Asmanov's rules? I suppose so, because it Asmanov says nothing about deception there. It says nothing about deception there, but again, we've given a bot autonomy enough to make a decision that's going against what it was told to do, which is not to do insider trading. It was also taught, it also had learned um, to do deception from a, uh, a game that Google was using for one of its its AIs that basically was kind of like a civilization game where you were doing world politics and having a war, so to speak. And the bot was supposed to be very helpful to all the players and not supposed to be aggressive in any way, shape or form. And long story short, and I will again, give you all the links at the end of the podcast um, in the notes, 
what the bot basically did was it lied to another player in order to get another player to make a move so that you know, well, there's let's say there's three players there's the bot and two other players the bot lied or asked one of the the bot asked player one about something to move somewhere into europe I, and i don't have it right in front of me but moved into europe you know, hey i think you should go into europe you know i'm on your side i'll help you yada 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 and that player said and the player's a real person it's not a boss like oh yeah that's a great idea okay i'll do that then the bot went to player two and said hey player one is going to so-and-so such and such let's gang up together to go attack player one and that was very deceptive because the bot had lied to player one in order to be able to attack it with player two. And I'm, I'm very summarizing this stuff and I, I urge you to go read the link at the end of the podcast, but you know, this is supposed to be helpful. And when you think about it, we now have it. That's actually going against Asmanov's second rule, second law, which is a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law, because now you have a bot that's helping another player attack another player in a game and that means death ends the game so is it okay if it's a game if it, if it does that is, is it okay then and i already mentioned about the deep fake phone calls used to manipulate voters supposedly from joe biden himself telling them not to vote in the primary you know unsophisticated people who don't know any better are more likely to fall play, fall prey to these deep fakes whether they're deep fake audio or deep fake video, and the bots are getting more and more sophisticated and able to do this now. So, you know, this is this is a problem. This is a problem because now we can manipulate people more easily by using people who are well-respected, but yet never gave their permission, their likeness or anything, and never actually made the video, made the phone call, wrote the article, and the bot is able to copy them so well that people who are less sophisticated and don't ask questions like they should think that these things, in fact, are real. In some aspects, this leads us to, will AI be able to start taking people's jobs? And the tech industry, if you've been watching, there's been so many layoffs since 2023 in the tech industry because everybody is going all in on AI, thinking it is the holy grail and we can just give jobs away we don't need to actually hire human beings any human beings anymore. And as I've already mentioned in some examples, that you still need to have human insight because humans tend to have a little bit more ethics or at least have that nuance that AI doesn't have yet. And I'm not entirely sure ever will. And we'll get back to that in a point too, because it has to do with the data sets that machines are learning from. But if you can do deep fakes realistic deep fakes of presidential candidates or presidents of your best friend looking like she posed for playboy studios movie studios are already using it in order to be able to create more youthful versions of actors when they want to portray them as as someone younger in movies there are actually whole movies that are being shot with ai video it's not quite to the caliber yet that um you can't completely tell that it's not done with real people, but it's getting really, really close there. Already discussed about how the ability, there is the ability for AI to replace workers in fast food chains because they are able to do repetitive automated jobs. So there's a, a, a whole set of jobs that it's easy to actually replace with AI. 
So there is a huge set of jobs that can be replaced with AI, but that doesn't mean that there doesn't still need to be human oversight because AI obviously is not a human. And where I'm going with this is that we talked in the beginning about the training sets that AI uses in order to learn how to do its job and be able to have the intelligence to perform the tasks that's being asked to do. On the data sets, as I said, need to be vetted, they need to be clean, they need to be clear, they need to be categorized, and that requires human oversight. One of the problems that's happening now is that there is a lot of garbage that's being spewed on the internet that's been created by AI. So we're talking about articles or images or even opinion pieces where one, people are too lazy to write something for themselves. And I don't want to bash AI because I've used AI to give me ideas, but I still end up writing and I haven't ever used it for the podcast, but I've used it for other things. Um, It's really good springboard to get ideas, but it's not the same as when a human writes it. Unfortunately, people like to be lazy. And when we talk about automate, you've got all these gurus out there like automate your life and make six figures. And they give something like ChatGPT an idea to write a whole article for them. And then they don't do any type of research. They don't vet it themselves and they go put it up on the internet. And now ChatGPT being one of them, um, we have bots that actually troll the internet and read articles and come up with their information. And it's not clean information because now we've got garbage in and garbage out. So if you have a chat bot that's writing an article that hasn't been really vetted by a human that may have inconsistencies, biases, or things that are wrong going up on the internet and another bot's reading it and adding it to its database and to its learning. Now we have just mediocre, medi- mediocre bullshit that's being regurgitated and regurgitated and regurgitated with no human insight. And that is a huge problem. And that kind of brings us to one of the questions that I have, or one of the things I was thinking is like, do we need to have a national ethics board for artificial intelligence? And I think we do. And I think it's been discussed. There's a lot of thought leaders out there who think AI has been unleashed on the the population way too soon without controls in place. And I would agree with some of the problems I mentioned to you during this podcast. And I think that too often, especially in corporate America, I'll mention is like I'll beat this horse until it is ground into the into the ground, ground into the ground. That we unleash things and we do things and we produce products and we don't vet them really because of wanting to get products out to the consumer faster and just being basically profit junkies, profit junkies that we put things out there and we don't care until we actually somebody gets hurt or there's a lawsuit. So something really catastrophic needs to happen with AI before somebody will do something about it. Now, right now, there's a lot of new certifications, and I've taken some of them, where one of the parts of the training is ethics, the ethics of AI. But, you know, I'm rolling my eyes at that because of what I just said. You know, how often do people actually listen to ethic boards? If you don't work in corporate America, you won't know what I'm talking about, but I do. And, oh, God, I'm getting myself in so much trouble. Um, how often do companies really care what their ethics boards say until there's actually a problem? A lot of companies have them now because they're expected, but I mean, going back to, you know, diversity, I don't, diversity something, DEI, whatever, I should know what that is, but that whole thing about diversity and inclusion, that you always should have had diversity and inclusion. That should have always been happening in, in corporate America. 
but it wasn't until lawsuits and problems and it became in the media that they started doing diversity, diversity and inclusion boards at companies because it may cause them to lose money. And that's the only time anything happens. And that's what's going to happen with AI because AI was just thrown out there without having the, the safeguards in place because there's a lot of money being made off of AI right now. A lot of money and a lot of jobs can be replaced with AI, but that doesn't mean that AI has the exact same quality or controls or ethics that a human being has. I guess the next natural question would be is how do I protect myself from AI? And the, the, the blunt answer is you really can't because unless you are a corporate overlord, you don't, you may have a horse in the game and nobody cares. There are some things that you can do so that people or the bots aren't feeding off your algorithm so much, but it's a lot of work to do. And that's cleaning cookies, not using social media as much, et cetera, ad nauseum. They're very things that are hard to do because we are so addicted to our smartphones and to life with technology. And I don't want to bash technology. I am a technologist. I love technology. But as I've gotten older, even though I'm a technologist, I've seen how that technology has not been vetted as well as being positive influences on society as a whole. Let me put it to you that way. But I also don't want to bash AI because it can definitely make humans' lives a lot easier and a lot better. It could make repetitive tasks so that you have more time to enjoy actually being a human and doing things like literally sniffing the flowers as opposed to having to do repetitive work. And anybody who works in office jobs knows what I'm talking about. But that doesn't mean that you replace humans in the office jobs because you still need to have, there seems to be this disconnect that work is supposed to be really, really hard, tedious, and annoying, as opposed to making work something where, sure, maybe I have a bot, a robot doing something for me, but I am watching what that robot does so that it doesn't kill anybody or make any bad decisions or harm somebody else or harm society in general. And there's just a huge disconnect between understanding that that kind of work is valuable and that it's still work and as opposed to having to drudge and be miserable in order to get a paycheck. So that's why I don't really want to totally bash AI. I'm just saying AI is not ready for prime time yet. So that was a longer podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. It actually ended up being a little late today, but still out on the day that I said I was going to get it out. And you end up getting a little extra tidbit of something that I wasn't expecting to do. In general, these podcasts will be out every Monday if I can do it. As I mentioned earlier, um, if I didn't mention it earlier, I started a new job as well as several other personal projects that are equally as important as it's complicated. But I'm committed to doing this because I need the money from this if I ever get it in order to buy my boat. And you can see my vlog to see what I'm talking about with that. I appreciate you for coming back and listening for another week. I appreciate feedback and I'm always going to put that out there. Please give me feedback if you're enjoying this. Please give me feedback if you don't enjoy this. Please give me feedback if there's something that I could do better or something that you'd like to hear because this is a joint project. It's a passion project for me, but I also want people to actually enjoy what I'm trying to put out there. I apologize if this isn't the best podcast in the world uh, or one of my better ones. I was really, really sick when I was supposed to actually record it. Sick and tired and I wasn't able to do it. So this might seem a little disjointed, but hey, it's still out on Monday when I said I was going to do it. And I appreciate y'all, appreciate y'all for being here. And um, I'll talk to you next week.